welcome to the Villagers. Welcome podcast. to the Villagers podcast. Yes. I gotcha. <laughs> Go ahead. So, I wanted ahead. to make you look bad, but you beat me to it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> welcome to the Villagers podcast. This is Deep Pack and Sean, two sides of the world, talking about what are we talking about today? Crazy man, because this is how are we going to not get banned from YouTube talking about this? Which one are we going to talk about? The Tower of Nightmares? <laughs> yes. So, okay. Have I ever told you the story about my first psychology class in college? Mm, you have, but I think we can refresh the audience's memory. Okay. Just, just to refresh. I don't want to bore anybody and tell the same story. But I was, a, I'm the first to admit I was a weird child. I was a jaded teenager. And I was going to the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and I took my first psychology class. And we go in, and I don't realize that everybody wants to do psychology to help people. I mm -hmm. want to do psychology to manipulate people in sales. And yeah. I say that when they go around the room and they all turned on me. They turned <laughs> on me like a pack of wolves. But I was very honest about what I said. And what I learned there is, well, maybe I don't get to be honest about what I say, which we can roll back to that in a Shakespearean way by the time, by the end of the podcast. But the, mm -hmm. uh, I was fascinated with how humans behave. So first off, before we get further into this whole deal, we're talking about a BBC, not a documentary, because it, it wasn't an honest documentary. It's and like let an me tell you why it's, right. And I'm going to tell you why it's not an honest documentary piece. They mentioned the Habsburgs and they mentioned Austria and they failed to mention that the British crown is the Habsburg crown and mm. how they dogged the Germans and everybody else in there and failed to, to say that, that they're still reigning over, over, over England. Now, admittedly it's mm -hmm. left over whole other parts of Europe. So, that being said, it's a dishonest documentary. It was pretty damn honest about America, though. Woo, that was hard. <laughs> yeah, we are talking about The Century of the Self by Adam Curtis. Yeah. I think it was on BBC back in like the early 2010, maybe. Yeah. yeah, excellent, excellent documentary. But failing to realize the connection with the British crown was a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> But I understand it's BBC. And we have made it at all of four minutes before YouTube going to be like, come on, guys. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the challenge. Um, mm -hmm. We are a consumer society in America. You yeah. are in the infancy of a com consumer society in India. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked about the comparatives at least 50 times. At least. Oh, yeah. Between you being in the infancy. So we get immigrants to come to America, no matter what country they come from, especially if they didn't grow up with any means, meaning you didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. You can come to America still, work your ass off, have a car, and eventually buy a home. That yeah. is the American dream. Is it becoming harder to do? Maybe. I don't know. You know, my dad worked 70 hours a week, thought anything of it, because in Ireland, if you wanted to, have any like food <laughs> you had yeah. worked that hard <clears throat> and and people go well but you didn't have a house and you go no you need to inherit a house that's the 
That's the property issue in Europe. And I'm assuming in India, it's the same thing. The land is controlled by very few people. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're not in that group, how do you get into that group? That's the striving. So when you're um, amongst the masses, how do you look better than the next guy for mating? And that's the stuff they didn't talk about in there. So they said, oh, you know, we can get women to smoke, you know, because they now would have a have a weenus. I better say that rather than the other word. A uh, weenus <laughs> is actually this, not the. But, but what it's really about is how do you move to the top of the mating pool of the lowest class? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was how never mentioned because. Right. Because I. Nothing personal against you British folks, but you guys don't really understand the American dilemma. My dad came mm -hmm. over, third grade education, worked his ever-loving butt off, and married yeah. somebody out of his class range. He did. My mom had, a, had mm -hmm. a degree. She was a teacher and was working on her master's and was an opera singer and traveled. I mean, how he got her, I, he must have had some mojo. <laughs> but she wasn't going to allow her children to grow up at the rate that he thought would be okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So she set the she set the tone, and he got to move up a a whole rung. I mean, a huge rung. And there's nothing wrong with being a farmer from Ireland, but nobody's impressed when you say that. Nobody, because mm -hmm. they go, "Well, wasn't there wasn't there some famines over there? You guys must not be very good farmers." <laughs> I mean, li literally. So so you think of the American dilemma. You grew up in poverty in India, and you come to America, and you're one of the smart ones. You can be yeah. rich here. Which, mm -hmm. as your people have proven, you are the highest per capita income earners in this country. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, so yes, did did uh, did this guy Sigmund Freud's nephew, right? Sigmund Freud's mm -hmm. nephew. What was his name? Edward Bern Edward Bernays. Bernays and Bernays is a really famous French sauce, just so you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh God, he must be so well known that the Bernays sauce is named after. No, he was just a schlep. <laughs> but there are tons of great salespeople in America. Henry Ford was a great salesperson, and he was an Irishman, and he was a terrible mm -hmm. racist and a horrible human. And he was selling to the Germans and America at the same time. But just a mm -hmm. businessman, and he figured out how to make it here. You know, Scotsman ruled the steel industry here. The guy's name you might have heard of him, Carnegie. Um, mm -hmm. Terrible, terrible human being, but he made, you know, by today's standard, would be he'd probably be close to being a trillionaire. So yeah. the opportunity here still exists. Mm -hmm. What is changing in America is my children are not impressed by what they own, where I was all caught up in it. Like they don't uh, seem to care. Like they, they really, they don't seem to care. If, do you think that is like the maturity of the consumer market, like coming full circle, where now people yeah. don't give a shit about belonging? Well, possessions, I guess. Do you want to? The keeping up with the Joneses is the term in America, and that mm -hmm. meant you, you know, if your neighbor got something, you tried to buy it. It's almost yeah. looked down on now. Mm -hmm. It so. So we've we've admitted that I'm a minimalist. I, I just don't want to own anything I don't need. I'm tired of taking cherished shit. I don't want to clean shit, you know? Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't put that on my children. 
um, mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not suffering, you know, let's, let's make sure we point that out. I'm not suffering. I just don't yeah. want extra stuff, you know, cause it, it takes time. So, mm-hmm. um, I look at this, this next generation that I raised and, that, and look, mine went all through private schools and everything. They had every advantage. Yeah. They just don't care. Kyle does. That's it. Mm-hmm. Out of five kids, you know, my son, Kyle, he, he used to work for Deepak. but the but the thing is is he's the one that still cares but i'm interested to see in five years if he's moved the other way as well what they what i you know our dads didn't hang out with us and become friends with us and want to be part of our lives i don't i i'm assuming it was the same with your we both had immigrant parents you know what they were there for to make us have an easier life which we both have had yeah. You know, we both have had much better education than they had. Um, but they my dad was a consumer. He loved buying shit like the He'd buy a new car and he was so impressed with himself for a while for a new car. I have quite frankly. I, I bought my first Mercedes when I was like 21. I was a used old beater, but I was I was just happy I bought it until uh-huh. I had to take care of it and required how much God dang work one of these cars took. <laughs> Because <laughs> American cars didn't require that kind of work. And uh, Can I ask you for a second? Was it sure. like that generation? Because my father, I, I've rarely ever talked about it. He was the same way, where yeah. his absence for, at least in my case, was just made up by buying shit. Yeah. Well, that's so <clears throat> I will say if, if I we've never talked about my first wife here. I mm-hmm. thought if I bought enough shit, she'd be happy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that we were in a business partnership and in a family partnership or any of this other stuff. I watched what my dad did. My mom seemed very happy, but she was just a happy person, much like my wife, just, just a happy mm-hmm. person. So I equated that to that, and I grew up with a lot of people that were like jet rich, like they had, they, they weren't just, they just didn't have a little bit of money. They had real money and yeah. they seemed happy. So I thought, mm-hmm. Oh, I just need to make a lot of money and buy a lot of shit. So I got to do that really young. And I, I believe we've talked about the shoe shine machine. Have we, have we ever talked about this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was my thing is once I was able to own my own shoe shine machine in my own house. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the little brass thing with the handle on it that has the rollers that go, I, I, I knew I'd finally made it. You know, when you got enough <laughs> money to spare that you buy that dumb stuff, <laughs> but what I found, more of a, do you think it was more of a growth phase? Because even in like my twenties, when I used to work in financial services, I'm pretty sure right. that I was like super <laughs> careful and good at in managing like right. other people's money, but my That's, own was just, just not your own. privileged shit possible. <laughs> right. So you you look back on that, and um, and it didn't change when I had kids because my kids' mom came with her own wealth. So I, mm-hmm. I've lived the, the, the whole way up here where, you know, way, and then way up here. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not cutting anybody down for wanting it. Yeah. But what I realized it was pretty empty promise and I'm not preaching. I'm not telling anybody else how to live. I just found that, that, you know, I've always had enough. 
you know, it's back. It's, it's you go back to that documentary or fake documentary and go, do you have what you need or do you have what you want? So we have to create the want, right? Mm-hmm. We have to create the want. Um, yep. There's a motivational speaker here, and I'll think of his name in about two hours when I'm taking a nap. <laughs> and he always says, like an, like an old guy with a big wallet and a lot of money, some girl can find something attractive about it. You know, yep. <laughs> it's the created want that, oh, this guy's okay if he can provide this much for me. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, does a Chanel suit make you feel better if you have a 50-year-old body when it's designed for a twiggy 20-year-old who can't afford it? Yeah. At that time, is your eyesight so bad that you don't read that it's made in Mexico, it's in China, made in the Philippines? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, Lululemon... Um, mm-hmm. the one here in Edmond, the store sells $13 million a year, 13 million. Oh, wow. And you know, those are just cheap, cheap fabrics. Somebody went over to China on a trip and picked mm-hmm. them all out and sent them over and put a cool logo on them. That is not a brand. That's a logo. If, if somebody else is <laughs> an armor, armor, um, body I'm armor, whatever that. the, the, yeah, all I'm of their clothing yeah. lines straight, straight out of China. There's no. Nobody's designing you know, any of on, on one of my Under Armour jackets, because it's a material that was... Under Armour, not body armor, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> one, of the, one of the jackets I have by them, it basically is a new material that was made through a blend that was never done before, so there's a warning on it. Because <laughs> no. they don't know what it might do to your skin. <laughs> wow. That is brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. Okay, so let's talk about the smoking in America deal. So when I mm-hmm. when I was young, everybody smoked. It was, it was shocking. Yep. My sister got caught smoking on a playground in second grade because, you know, it was a cool thing that she saw all the parents do. So literally the nun caught her smoking on the playground, second grade. And uh, <laughs> But she's turned out, I think she has a PhD now, <laughs> an educator, mm-hmm. all this other shit. So it, life worked out for her. The, the challenge in America is the Tobacco Institute is always looking for somebody else to become addicted. And so yeah. once everything became more or less regulated here, they just moved over to the east. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because all. If you come to the more east you travel, even like from India, like right. you would think that tobacco is good for health. <laughs> the way right. was, like the countries east of here yeah. smoke. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had we had Virginia Slims, which were these extra long cigarettes. And if Freud was right, and it was a weenus thing, you know, you wanted the longer weenus. Um, mm-hmm. But what it was is women thumbing themselves at men. You know, I get to do this yeah. whether you like it or not. And if you remember from the thing, they talked about the psychology behind that. The psychology behind most buying, I would still say, is um, is mating. I'm I'm so I'm in the I'm in. First line retail. Mm. People with no social skills and everything else think if they own enough stuff, they become an attractive mate to a new level of women. Now, what I would do is move this whole thing. Let's move this whole thing forward and look at dating Mm -hmm. apps. Okay. Which you can look at and go take the data and let's see if Freud was right. Ten mm-hmm. percent of the men, ten percent of the w- men can have any woman they want. They get all the hits. Yeah. The mm-hmm. other ninety got to take what they can get. That's 
that's the deal. And so what makes those guys attractive? Is it a je ne sais quoi, the French, you know, I don't know how, I don't know, know what it is, but it is beautiful. Or do they look successful? You know, the um, I've got a girl that works here, you know, her name, Destiny. And Destiny, um, you know, like, like, likes a 1950s man out of like Mad Men, the movie or the uh-huh. TV show. I mean, a whole like outdated, <laughs> so that's what i look at and even when i watch that whole thing once i get beyond the Habsburg thing which i'm still a little stuck on or i wouldn't have brought it up for the third time i know <laughs> i did not know when i was younger um when i opened my first business i opened a business at 21 years old folks and no i wasn't any good at it and no i wasn't really <laughs> successful but i did it I didn't realize that elevated me into this whole different realm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it never seemed to me that I was marriage material because I seemed to make pretty bad decisions on a regular basis. So why would anybody look long-term at that? <laughs> Truthfully. Mm-hmm. But the other guys weren't doing anything. At least I was making decisions. Yes. Bad decisions, but at least I was making. So I, I would argue about half the things or what I do like about that whole deal is the mob mentality and that that guy knew because we've watched this play out in America. Mm -hmm. I mean, Donald Trump used this whole spiel and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that he did was based on that European country that did all the wrong things in WW1, WW2 that we can't mention or will be taken off YouTube. (laughs) But that's what he did. He went in and got yep. the old white anger. <clears throat> it's not hard to whip up anger and point at somebody and say it's their fault. That's all. That it's, it's that simple. That's all you're doing. You just go, well, it's a, it's a Mexican's fault. You know, they're taking all the jobs. And you go, we have 3% unemployment. What job do you want? Because it's available. Go get it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the funny yeah. part about the jobs argument. It makes no sense when you look at the actual unemployment numbers. Hey, dude, if it weren't for Mexicans, I don't know what we would do building-wise, road-wise, anything having to do with construction. They are today's version of the Irish. When we came over, that's the jobs we got. My dad worked for the railroad. He was a tile setter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, did all this. Stuff. He when he when he realized that. In America, your personality makes you more money than hard work. He became a salesman and put seven of us through private school doing it. So <laughs> he he, he mm-hmm. figured it out, or my mom figured it out for him, which is probably what actually happened. She was definitely the brains behind the operation. But, you know, nobody knew that. That was her job was to promote it. Go ahead. Think of how much fruit and vegetables would cost if it wasn't for immigrant labor. <laughs> oh, People have no idea. And the funny thing is, is, you know, they, they did deals where they go, hey, here's a farm and you can go out and pick. Yeah, people work about two hours ago. I'm not doing this shit. And they go home. Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, but we, in America, we have to have an enemy. We have to. Yeah. It's I just, think, a, I don't think it's an American thing, Sean. I honestly think it's a human yeah. trait. So yeah. we can band up as a mob against another. Yeah, right. it's the mob mentality again, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're the lone person who stands up and goes, "Are you kidding me?" I, Anthony Bourdain had this deal and said, "Well, if you don't like Mexicans very much, you don't get to eat their food." Yeah, you, you don't like Indians. <laughs> Do you remember that bit I told you about where this guy yeah. uh, who was 
talking to this lady asked her to speak one of the South Indian languages that she didn't speak because she was from Northern right. India. That was right. the joke I was doing on stage, but I told them that, yeah, then he shouldn't be allowed to eat any of the good tandoori chicken from right. up north. <laughs> just tell right. them to stick to our food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just shouldn't be allowed. It, it's, an, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing that everybody's trying to hold their place here. And, uh, and I don't know, I mean, America is changing. So we went from, <clears throat> in, in my lifetime, 60% uh, whites in America, which yeah. if people really understand, that doesn't mean anything because we have oppressors and oppressees in the white community. It's not, it's not that everybody's white and thinks the same. Trust me. <laughs> mm -hmm. My country's been, been at war with the country next to us for eh, about 1,500 years. So yep. your guys is in Pakistan. You know, you got a religious thing going on there that always heats up, cools down, heats up, cools down. And you mm -hmm. guys are same skin tone, probably speak mostly the same language. You know, it's it's yeah. so grouping people like that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, fucking stupid. I didn't say the <laughs> F word. I said fucking um, it's stupid. But but I get mm -hmm. it. And so now we are 45 percent or 47. You know, we're in that we're in that shrinking range. Um, especially mm -hmm. since COVID, because you know we were the ones <laughs> not doing the shots, and uh, and so instead of inviting this environment in for change, uh, the the fear mongering you know continues. But fear mongering isn't about getting whites to hate everybody around them. Fear mongering yeah. is so you can control the budget and write the checks to your friends. So mm -hmm. if you. It, it's always, always, always about the money. Yeah, it's like a magic trick, right? You get distracted with the premise, the setup to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Writing a I joke mean, for that instant thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's always about the money. So, so to get everybody to look, for one, if you look down on the Mexicans, you don't try to give them legal status, even though they've been working here for 20 years. And you mm -hmm. see, if you've traveled to France, you see how that's worked out. They brought in all of this um, uh, Muslim labor and, yeah. and then kind of like in a very French fashion, I could like, no, we did not do anything. They can go home. We are finished mm -hmm. with you. And now they were citizens by then. And what really yeah. bothers them is in the Muslim community, if you get divorced, the wife basically ends up being a beggar. And so mm -hmm. when you're around France, you'll be like, why are all these Muslim women begging? Well, they're, they're, they're single. You know, yeah. um, no other man's supposed to supposed to marry him because she's not a widow. She's a divorcee. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's and we're following along that we follow Europe so much. It's scary. You know, we <laughs> want to think we're the, the progressive ones and we're not. I mean, we're just not the it. My dad came over here because he didn't want to stay in that ridiculous same old system that refused to change and do anything different. And. Mm -hmm. 50 years later, I'm in cheese school in Ireland, and I'm like, oh, you guys could do this and this and this and this. And they go, yes, if you're in America, you can. You do anything different over here, you get cut down. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I think it's kind of a situation with most countries. Where yeah. I think it's more about people getting to be themselves as long as they're not around the people who knew them from, like, generations. So they try and keep right. you in your lane. They don't want you right. swirling right. too much, making too much noise. Yeah. Yeah. 
tall poppy in Australia. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're the tall poppy and you grow by the other ones, they cut you down. So it's mm -hmm. we have it terribly in our community. And I watch the Indian communities here. And, and I told you I complimented this girl in the restaurant on something that, that she did in an Indian family. And her mom looked at her and I went, oh, dear God, I just got her in trouble. She stood <laughs> out. Mm -hmm. Which in America, you want to stand out. In your culture, you don't want to stand out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so confused. Why are you here? <laughs> Yeah, it is incredibly confusing about that. But I think now yeah. it's changing where people's ears also are kind of getting loud. <laughs> I don't mean in a yeah. rude way. I'm not putting right. anyone down. It's just that right. um, that bravado and that weird little noise is now yeah. becoming part of the culture where it's right. normal to be loud and obnoxious. Like any table that I think is loud and obnoxious, I would see somebody younger than me being like, oh, that table looks like they're having so much fun. And I'm thinking, no, we usually don't go out and fucking ruin everybody else's mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, does, is that a takeoff of Hollywood film or, or is it a takeoff of games? I mean, is that, you know, what's that a takeoff from? I think, I think it would be a takeoff from Hollywood that flows through yeah. our movie industry, which could be Bollywood or any of the regional right. Hollywood, Mollywood. There are like a lot of them out here, Sean, yeah. depending on the yeah. language. I think it flows through like the cultural stream, so to speak, and ends up in the population that still adores and worships and deifies the movie stars here. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to see. So do you guys sell stuff in your movies? Do you do the product placements and everything? Which oh, yeah. was another part of that, that scam. Mm -hmm. I, I, and why wouldn't you do it? I mean, they were the influencers of their era. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know it, how much I would buy into somebody giving me something to, to do their stuff unless it was a good quality product. I just don't want to be associated with stuff that isn't. So for me, it, that, that matters. Um, there's a mm -hmm. guy that I, that I actually watch on TikTok named Mr. Global, and he's an oil guy um, from Oklahoma, but he's, but he's brilliant about the oil industry. And he explains it in common terms. Um, mm -hmm. and he's, and he's pretty dang good at it. But then he was like selling a product on there. I went, dude, you make enough money in the oil business. You don't need to be doing this. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> so the influences yeah. of their day, how many hundreds of thousands of people were killed by tobacco from that guy getting mm -hmm. it, you know, getting women to do it. The goal now is to get women to drink alcohol in America because women drink a lot less than men. So then there's yeah. an app now on some social media deal that the alcohol industry has started to help you control your drinking, which I will tell you, if you need to control your drinking, you need to stop drinking. <laughs> but they're, Literally the same game. Um, when you were in England, were they selling the fruit juice that was 1% alcohol when you were there and then they got caught? No. <laughs> See, the thing was, when growing up, I wasn't allowed to drink any soft drinks till I was almost like... <laughs> we didn't have them in our house. Yeah, mm -hmm. we just didn't have them. Not a... Isn't that funny? I, I, I used to fake sick to go over to my aunt's house because she'd give you an ice cold bottle of Coke. Yeah, literally mm -hmm. fake sick. 
take off school for the day. For, <laughs> that's how I. That's how I ended up owning a pub, right there. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that younger people listening into this podcast, because I was looking at some of our demographics, are looking at us and going like, "What is wrong with these two Philistines?" <laughs> right. Well, so I, I think that the thing to look at is they don't realize the gyrations that we've lived through. And it's the mm-hmm. same people trying to get you strung out on a different type of heroin. I mean, that's yeah. where the money is. Look, if you're going to own a business, you want to sell something that's addictive. That's the only way yeah. you get a repeat customer. You know, I'm George Bush. And man, also, a speech. Yeah, go ahead. And also, if your product is killing off your customer base as they keep consuming it, you need to find new ones to replace the old ones right. that are dropping dead. <laughs> Forever replacing it forever so george bush did this speech and i still remember it because i was i was surprised because he was in the oil business and he talked about americans being addicted to oil mm-hmm. not very popular thing for him to say but he was absolutely correct we just we use eight million barrels a day we just keep rotating it one way or another eight million barrels has to come through our society every day and yeah. no matter how much we do all of this other green energy, we just can't compete with 8 million barrels a day. And we're used to just cheap stuff. My cousins in Ireland mm-hmm. don't waste electricity because it costs too much money. They don't waste petrol yeah. because it costs too much money. It, mm-hmm. does, it, it cost me $33 for an entire full tank of gas yesterday. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, right? Like even um, like the amount of gas I used to use there is so much more than what I use here. But the sole reason right. that it just ends up being like in a fuel, I mean, it's so cheap that you don't notice right from when we go like camping somewhere where all the generators are running the entire day and night to just keep us right. <laughs> comfortable. I know. All that weird yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's here, crazy, think, man. Um, it's crazy. A liter. So a liter is what? So a gallon would be 3.3 liters of right yeah so a liter would be somewhere around a dollar fifty so a gallon so would 450 be... 450 yeah. or five bucks a gallon yeah mm-hmm. Dang. that's a lot of that's a shit ton of money over there yeah especially when you wow. are i think that's like the prolific use of motorcycles that now are kind of getting fancier and fancier to all the way there You'll see guys who do regular jobs, but on sport bikes, which is like right. the cross rockets that we talk about there. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but, it's a few puzzling machines. Yeah. Is that a mating deal or is that a, mm-hmm. I want to feel good about myself? Because guys are, guys are pretty motivated by mating rituals from, from day one. I, I would still go back and argue most of that stuff. I did find it interesting on that deal that I didn't know Freud nearly went bankrupt after the war and all the other stuff. I, that, that I found pretty pretty interesting. But when I studied him in college, he was weird as shit. Let's be honest. The mm-hmm. guy was the guy was weird. Was he wrong? No. You know, was he 100% right? No, but you know, he opened that door. Mm-hmm. I um I think so consumerism where you are I went through like a, a uh, kind of not a designer phase, but you know, one way or another, that's what you would call it. I bought a bunch of designer shit in my early twenties, um, but I also mm-hmm. made a lot of money. And yeah. did I compare it with any of my friends? No, because none of my friends had any of it, and I was never showing mm-hmm. it off. I was not a person who I I had an old 
like beat up pickup truck with the nicest stereo you've ever seen just to mm. drive around so I didn't look like I was showing off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my dad, I owned a, I owned some really nice luxury cars. And my dad literally lectured me and said, you know, craftsmen built that car and you don't respect it enough to own something they made. You know, you get your dog running around there with dog hair all over it and tennis balls and stuff. He goes, well, craftsmen made that. And I, I mm-hmm. at the time didn't even really, I, yeah, I go, but yeah, but I bought it. And he's like, Dad, you see what's wrong right there? Do you see? <laughs> I can so imagine that. <laughs> oh, I'm such an ass. Such an ass. Oh, well, yeah. I know. So where do we, so down the line, you look mm-hmm. at what they talked about. Selling nicotine has expanded mm-hmm. worldwide. It moves to any culture that's moving up. Like the first thing they addict you to is uh, is like soda or caffeine. And the second thing they get you with is cigarettes. And then mm-hmm. we move on to heroin and cocaine and everything else as you get as you get as you get bigger. I mean, is cocaine a big deal in India or not? Because I would think it was right now. I'm not really sure how to say this on the podcast. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I'll figure out that I keep it in or edit it out, but it is actually huge. Yeah. The number of times that I'm yeah. out and about somewhere and I keep getting offered yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, dude, just yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> I'm <Right>. fine. <laughs> I've been to America, man. That's just everywhere. It's like sand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really and truly, uh, it it's interesting to talk to you every week and see... I wish we could figure out a, a metric for how far behind us you guys are on mm-hmm. that. And we seem to be going the other way. Like my, my kids, you know, my, my, my kids yeah. seem to smoke a lot of weed, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And weed is cheaper than cigarettes here now. Oh yeah. I can imagine I mean, it's that. Literally, yeah. It's crazy. So I don't know. Man. That's nuts. Okay. How are we doing time-wise? Cause I'm showing we're probably close. Yeah, we have just four minutes left. Okay. What do you want to cover in your four minutes, my man? Do you want to tell me what's up with your political? <laughs> so, so you know, I had this big old fight with this lady from Libs of TikTok, which is not on TikTok. It's on Twitter, mm-hmm. which no, Twitter sucks anymore. I don't know if anybody knows that or not. That that's, whole space just... is just weird. <laughs> you mean formerly Twitter, now known as X? Right. X, right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we still just call it Twitter because Elon Musk is a douche. Um, mm-hmm. So I would look at that group and say, okay, so this guy's got his own right-hand private army and uh, and they go out and attack people. So they, they attacked a, another representative here. Neither mm-hmm. one of us cared. So it took all the weight out of it because Twitter yeah. doesn't affect elections. Twitter... You know, if you get a big enough story, somebody in the media will pull it off of Twitter. But regular people just aren't on there, especially anymore, because mm-hmm. it's just it's just a mean space to be mean. It's like every bully from every high school is on Twitter. I guess that would be me, too, because I'm on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I see that now. It looks to me like it, it backfired. And uh, and I don't know. I, I want to see how it plays out. I really do. I want to see how it plays out. But I've got an election actually that I got to start working for here in the net, probably about six weeks from now. Um, and okay. you know, if I win, I'm 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 the next mayor, 
which will be fascinating, you know, who, who would have ever thought But you know, and I do have a guy running against me who I'm friendly with and, and I'm totally fine with him running against me. And if he wins, cool. But usually the incumbent wins 80% of the time, just so you know, the actual statistics, but nothing, mm-hmm. nothing new here. Our governor's still moving towards the white Christian nationalism thing. He gave a speech called the state of the state uh, yesterday or the day before and made sure he put in the right code words to let everybody know, you know, uh, we're still an 80. Yeah. We're an 80% white state. I'm sure you're aware of that. Having lived here, that, mm-hmm. that's pretty big amount. Um, so I don't, I mean, it, it probably works if it's an 80% state, but if it's a 50, 50 state, it probably doesn't work, but that stuff is alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. huh? That's, that's like every time somebody asks me why I have so few um, black friends, I'm like, have you checked mm-hmm. the demographics of Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it isn't that you do or do not have them. So um, we just have never had a whole bunch of black employees here at this restaurant, but I've worked with black people my entire life in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. It isn't that I won't hire them. Nobody shows up, you know, and we're on the mm-hmm. other side of town and, they're concerned driving through a specific town here known as DWB driving while black and they'll get pulled over. And so they're just like, no, we'll mm. find something nearer to home. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't change that stuff in my small amount of time here, but, but it is a fascinating dynamic. And I, you know, what I would, what I would recommend to the black community is go, man, you guys got to do business with yourselves and build your own economy. Indians do business with each other. Irish used to do business with each other. Italians do that's how you build your own economy. And there's got to be a bank mm-hmm. built in there somewhere. That's you take what works for other cultures and do it yourselves. It really does work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's how easy does somebody get sucked in on anything? You know, you gotta, you gotta eventually figure out you're going to do something for your own community. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the only way I know. I mean, I'm married to an Italian. Uh, we are finding out we're having to do some business stuff in Kansas City, and it's still as weird as it was when I lived there. So um, I was I had this Irish guy doing some work for me, and they're like, no, nah, you got to use these people. <laughs> right. They're people. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to How It Works, brother. 